questi dicono vai forte Ehi, quindi allaccia le cinture Ehi, ho paura della morte Ehi, sì ma della vita pure Ehi, le mie neck sono sempre nuove All right, what is going on folks? Hope you're all doing great Hope you're all feeling peachy to start off this new week welcome to episode number 177 of the cultural podcast sam and damo coming at you share the pod get at us on all platforms at cultural podcast tiktok instagram twitter go share it share it you guys only share the pod when i tell you there's something in it for you is that what it is little instagram sweepstake i say you can come on the pod and shoot the shit with this idiot and all of a sudden the floodgates are open and everyone is sharing it share the pod if you like it take a screenshot of it share it on your story tag me i will love you forever until you stop sharing it it's conditional love just like in the real world okay it's not unconditional love that's not what i'm preaching here that's not what i'm claiming i'm saying that if you do something for me then I will love you and only will continue to love you as long as you continue to do things for me. No, I'm kidding. It's all love. I don't care. Do whatever the hell you want to do. It is the 11th of July, 2022. One year to the day as this is being recorded since we won the Euro. So it's official. The last year has been a wash. That's it. I mean, we're out of the honeymoon period now. It's officially becoming uh, clear that we have nothing to really look back on with rose-tinted lenses. It's not like we won some shit a few months ago. It's been over a year now. So look back at your memories. Feel good for a moment. Everything sucks now. We're paying the price for it. We are paying the price for being super arrogant last year. You know, if you believe in karma, maybe that's what this is. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it was a great, what, what a great day this was a year ago. I mean, remember feeling like this was just going to continue for a very long time. Remember pundits coming out and saying that they all could see Italy challenging at the World Cup and for years to come with the team that they had because it wasn't an especially old team and now the whole team is just getting blown up and half of them are playing in Toronto. Remember that? Oh, how we didn't know what the hell was to come. You know, how blissful we were a year ago today. And as of tomorrow, maybe even by the time you're listening to this, if it is beyond unless you're listening to this the day it comes out if it's beyond the 11th of july 2022 when you're listening to this then you can officially say hmm, let me think back one year exactly 365 days what have we done in the last year what have we done lately nothing but disappoint that's what but hey let's all look back with rose tinted lenses at what happened a year ago let's be happy today let's be happy for the rest of the time now we will need to be subjected to posts from accounts throwing it back to this day and looking at those same pictures. And in about two years, it's going to really feel old. Um, but, I mean, that is unless we win the Euro again in two years. Who knows? Anything's possible. We've seen it before. You could miss the World Cup and win the Euro. 
We could win the Euro on like the same day in two years for all we know. I don't know. But I feel like eventually after like a couple of years, we look back on, we'll look back on the 11th of July and it's going to start to get a little bit old if things don't start to improve. It's going to start to get a little sad to keep looking back on things that we saw that make us feel nostalgic about times we won. And, you know, I'll selectively post about it. I tend not to, but I'll selectively do it. When it feels uh, relevant, when I feel nostalgic, I will post about it. And only when I do. It's going to be, again, conditional. It's entirely conditional. It's not some unwavering support for my people and my country where every year on this date, I will look back and be happy. You know, some years I'm going to be upset about it and I'm not going to want to think about it. So that's what I'm choosing to do today. I'm not thinking about it at all. I'm not posting about it at all. I'm trying to stay off social media as much as possible because it just feels so strange how things have shifted, how the tide has turned. Um, but you know, some people need to think back to a better time a lot of the WAPs that are listening to this in Toronto probably feel that exact way. And you might be saying, Sam, why would anyone in Toronto need to think back to happier days? Things are great there right now. It's the summer. The team is vibing. Their local club is signing WAPs left and right. They're super excited. You know, the Bellow Bros are going to games. It looks like that stadium is just jumping. They're getting ridiculous amounts of money injected into that club until they become competitive again. Why would anyone in Toronto need to try to cheer up today? Well, they've had a tough week, you see. It's been very traumatic for them. A lot of them have gone through a very trying time these last few days because the weekend canceled or postponed his show at the Rogers Center. And it feels like half of Toronto uh, was going to go to that show. Toronto was a city of millions of people and 60,000 people, I think is what the Rogers Center seats. But it felt like every person in Toronto that I follow or know was going to that show and they postponed it because Rogers, the Canadian service provider who owns the Rogers Center and who owns Toronto FC, by the way, who owns every sport team in Toronto, had an outage and they were scrambling. And somehow, for whatever reason, uh, the fact that their cell phone service providers uh we're, 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 we're not fucking working, right? I don't know whatever the hell it is they use. Their cell towers or whatever. We're not working. Uh, because of that, apparently, the weekend could not perform at the Rogers Center. Someone's going to have to explain that one to me. Uh, that feels like, bro, when, when Rogers sent that out or when the Rogers Center sent that out, that's someone telling you that 2 plus 2 equals 5, bro. We are canceling the show tonight because of the outage on our cell network. You're like, what am I missing here? I'm not really seeing the connection between the two variables. But yeah, Rogers had a very catastrophic outage and it seemed to have shut down their entire business operation uh, Canada-wide for a few days. Uh, how funny, bro, how funny would it have been if fucking Lorenzo Insigne's first pay got frozen? His first pay from MLSC from Rogers just didn't go through. <laughs> He's been in Toronto for two weeks and he was going to get his first pay. And, <laughs> and, and you imagine how traumatized he fucking would have been. He would have been like, what? It's like, it's like he signed for a city, a cheat club or something. 
It's like he signed for fucking Livorno or something. They can't afford to pay him. You no, know, we swear we're good for it. It's just, uh, the, the payment wouldn't go through. We've, we've, we've had technical difficulties. There's an outage. We, we can't do it. The system is down. We can't pay you right now. But we're good for it. Don't worry. Trust me. Trust me. Please, please, please let Enzo. Here, don't go. We swear this isn't a regular thing. You know what I mean? And, now just, and it really is just a freak accident, but it's one of those things now where he's never going to live it down or he's never going to let them live it down. He's never going to forget, you know? Like he's going to just fucking be traumatized every two weeks. He's never going to trust them again because the first impression bias is so negative now. And uh, so that, that's, kind of a cool, that's kind of a cool thing, you know, for me. Who, who kind of wants to get back at the Toronto Wops who have had it really good right now. I'm hoping that there's a little trouble in paradise in like week two before he even plays a match. Um, but yeah, it was weird. I am a Rogers client. I was not able to text anyone. It was funny. My grandfather tried calling me a couple times. I couldn't listen to my voicemail, but it was kind of cool because I, I mean, people thought I was screening calls, but I really wasn't. I just wasn't getting them. And it was kind of peaceful for a day. I had a real legitimate excuse when normally... I would get yelled at for not answering the phone. Uh, I could just say, Roger's outage, you know? In some cases, I saw calls coming in, but like, it would just take me a while to answer. And um, I would send out replies and they would like not fucking go through fully. And I just didn't feel like following up with everyone and con you know, just consistently trying to fucking get through to them to say, hey, sorry, I'll answer you later. I just let it be. I just had a great reason and I'll go on my phone as much that one day a few days ago. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, a lot of Muslims were mad. Apparently it was aid. Aid is like their Christmas, I think. And many Muslims in Canada could not reach out to one another for Christmas. That is good. See, I think I saw a few Muslims complaining about it on social media saying this is terrible. We're uh, owed reparations or some shit like that. Dude, if you don't have to call your family on Christmas, that's a win. That's a really big win right there. You just saved yourself a lot of time not having to speak to these people and make small talk about shit that you'll probably just fucking talk to them about the next time you see them in a week. It's like, what, we see each other all the time. We got to call because it's Christmas. Or then if it's like you don't speak to these people very much, but what we have to call each other because it's Christmas, you know, I'm not going to make an effort on July 17th, but I'm going to make an effort on Christmas. Like, what, like, why? You know what I mean? It's so disingenuous, you know? So I think they actually kind of got off with that one. I thought they kind of, I thought they were in the black. I thought they, I thought they won that one. But a lot of Muslims didn't feel the same way. They were very upset. A lot of Canadians are very upset about the Rogers outage. I'm seeing articles here that apparently as of yesterday, customers were growing increasingly frustrated on the third day without cell and internet service. Rogers class action lawsuit filed by Quebec man after nationwide outage. Of course, it's a man in Quebec, isn't it? Of course, it would be a guy in Quebec who files it. Dude, that's just a thing. Okay, so if you're not privy to this, if you don't live in Quebec or you're not from Montreal or whatever, I have been talking about Montreal a lot lately. But I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to know. There's a lot to share here. There's a lot to dish on. There's a lot of shit that I need to make you guys aware of, so you know exactly where it is I'm coming to you guys from, what part of the world it is I live in. Uh, people in Quebec will complain about anything. They are the first people to file class action lawsuits. The number of times that I've gotten emails from like StubHub or Airbnb or Uber saying class action lawsuit, you're entitled to 75 cents. If you want to file the case, if you, if you want to follow the file or if you want to follow the case a little bit more closely, here's a court document and you'll 
click on it and it'll be like at a fucking court in Montreal <laughs> where some French Canadian guy went after them for some I don't for some reason and the funny thing is I think he's going after them I, I, I think he's going after them just out of anger I don't really know what there is for him to gain right if we're all going to get back like a buck 50 you would presume that he's not been screwed over any more than any other person has he's doing all this for a buck 50 is it some like greater sense of collective justice it's very strange a Quebec man has launched a class action lawsuit against Rogers accusing the telecommunications giant of being negligent and paralyzing the country for an entire day after last week's nationwide outage do you not think that maybe we should be thanking Rogers do you have any idea how addicted you are to your phone? Do you have any idea how addicted I am to my phone? If they cut my service, it would be the best thing that they could do for my health and sanity. Just force me to go cold turkey. You know what it made me realize too is, dude, we, we're at these guys' mercy. They could do whatever they want. The power is back when they say it's back. I'm not the first guy to talk about this, but I know so little. We just depend on these people for our livelihoods and shit. And we just hope that it'll keep on working forever. And the second it stops working, we're screwed. We, we're helpless. We, there's nothing we could do about it, you know? There's nothing we could do about it. We should probably really consider that. Like, once the power grid goes down for a day, we're fucked. People will die. Remember in Texas last year when there was that snowstorm and I think a few people lost electricity and there were reports that people were dying because it snowed? We are so unresourceful. We know nothing about any of the shit that we use or any of the systems that we use. And it's uh, kind of cool to see, really, you know? Some people might say it's scary, but I think it's kind of funny to see that we're so helpless, you know? We all think we're so smart, but it's funny. It's amusing to me to see people think like they're solving real serious uh, big world issues, you know? Inequality and 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 using the wrong speech and stuff. And then you realize that when push came to shove, these people, I mean, these people's priorities are so far out of whack that if it came down to it, I mean, when their backs are really up against the wall, they wouldn't even know where to look. They wouldn't even know where to look because they spend so much time thinking about the wrong shit, focusing on completely benign things that mean nothing, that aren't really relevant to our ability to survive as people. And uh, that's made possible by smart people creating an ecosystem where we have a really cushy existence and it's kind of cool to see us be vulnerable for a day you know they took it away and a class action lawsuit gets launched what will we do without cell phone service we were paralyzed for an entire day <laughs> like i don't know that like just roll with it you know what i mean it's not like it was one person who got fucked over we all did okay great you know it slowed everything down for a day. It's kind of fun. It's like a snow day. It's like a snow day. You don't go to school that one day. It's like a sick day. It's the same thing. All right, today's a write-off, you know? You need a few of those a year. It's good for you. What's going on in the transfer world right now? We've got some action these past few days. Fiorentina have been very active, looking to spring off of their much-improved result in the league last season as they signed Pierluigi Golini as a goalkeeper and Luka Jovic as a forward. You could see him getting double-digit goals. That's a good little signing from Fiorentina. Rocco means business. 
Uh, that's a good little goalkeeping tandem. Is Dragowski still at Fiorentina? I got to look this up right now because him and Pierluigi Golini being together would be a great combo. Those are two beauties right there. Dragowski, of course, wears number 69, Bartolomei Dragowski. So that's, that's a guy you want on your team right there. You know, he's a lot of fun. Pierluigi Golini, you know, likes the finer things in life, the big chain and the diamond studs on his custom link, right? His custom Cuban link uh, necklace. He still plays for Fiorentina. Yeah, okay. So that's going to be a cool little competition there. Uh, I like it, you know? We like it. Is there any chance that Donnarumma loses his starting spot with the national team? There's no way, right? It's one of those things. He could play so poorly for three years, and I don't think he would ever lose it. It's just been grandfather drilled into everyone's head that he's the guy now, you know? But uh, it could be cool to kind of see a little bit of flair. I mean, we don't tend to see a lot of change at the goalkeeping position ever. We really don't. And I would like to see it, not because I think it would really help us out on the pitch. I don't think it would make a big fucking difference, but I'd just like to see different characters involved in the national team. I like to think that the national team, the Italian national team, is reflective of the country as a whole. And once in a while, it's nice to see a few trashy players that are involved in other facets of Italian culture and society, like the rap scene. That's why I've always wanted Andrea Petagna to get called up to the Italian national team. He might go to Monza after we said last week that the only way that you could go to Monza if you have tattoos and ear piercings and if you have a beard and you're not well-groomed is if you're good enough. Apparently, Andrea Petagna is good enough, so they share a similar opinion of him as I do, which is that he's... Uh, a fucking tank. I would love to see that. I would love to see Andrea Petagna at the worst possible football club in Italy possible on any given year because you know he's going to play as much as possible and that's going to mean penalties. That's going to mean goals. That's going to mean I sound smart when I say bring him to the national team. And it's not even about getting guys who are necessarily going to give you the best chance of winning. It's just about having guys that are uh, people that you could relate to. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. How much worse can it get? You know, let's just get a big body up there. See if it works. We've done worse. It would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be a lot of fun to have a big guy with very little touch, but just holds the ball up and just like somehow finds ways to finish from seven yards out. Garbage goals only. That would be great. To be very honest with you, I actually think that wouldn't be that. I'm not even joking. I actually think that wouldn't be that crazy a thing to try out if you have creative wingers around him, which he very likely will, right? Think of Chiesa, think of Zaniolo, think of uh, fucking, I don't know. Can Raspadori play on the wing? I guess so. Who else have we got? That's, I mean, I mean, I don't even know what the national team looks like anymore. It's, it's dawning on me that like Lorenzo Insigne is probably never going to play again. Federico Bernardeschi is probably done. Is Berardi going to keep getting called up? I mean, is he that creative? I don't know. He probably gets more caps. But just knowing that Chiesa is going to be a mainstay for a while is... Is, is reason enough to think that you'll always have a creative presence down the wing, right? I wouldn't hate it. I would do it. I think Monza are going to be a sneaky little, and this could be a, I mean, this, this could not age well, but I think that Monza could go on to be a very sneaky um, pick for kind of a, a dark horse to do well in Serie A. I'm not even saying they're going to challenge for anything, but I think they could give everyone a hard time. Now, I think that because I'm very biased, just like I tend to think that 
teams that have younger Italians born in the late 90s are just are, are, are destined to succeed in a couple of years because I have this like notion in my head from having played football manager for years, buying those exact players. I have this notion in my head that they'll eventually all pan out, even though most of them never do. I just have this idea that by signing Italians who have names that I recognize, they will do well. Monza are basically me in football manager right now, which is I go out and sign a bunch of Italians and I make this little, this little, like this neo-nationalist fucking team and, and, when I get asked about it in the media on Football Manager, when they ask me questions about it, I just give like really far right-wing answers or the, the craziest answers I can give. Like, yes, I think it's very important to only keep local talent in your team because of like a club's identity. I think I once was able to give that answer on Football Manager and I was shocked that they even had it as a, an option, but it gave me a little bit of joy. Uh, Alessio Romagnoli might be going to Lazio as a free agent. That is interesting. I also think that it would be great to have him back as a competitive, um, as a competitive freak. You know, for a while he seemed like one of the, you know, one of those guys that could be a mainstay for the Italian national team for a while. I know we talk about the national team a lot here, but I mean, it's kind of one of the things that I always immediately revert to when I think of where Italians in the league are going, who have some potential to do good things or who have done things before that are interesting with the national team. Romagnoli's one of those players. You'd like to see him probably get some minutes for Liazzurri if he warrants it, right? You'd like to see him play better as he has before. There are people that aren't really convinced by him, but I think that... Am I nuts to say that I like how he plays on the ball? What's What was his issue at Milan? You know, it's not like I'm watching every fucking Milan game. Is it positioning? He just, he just lost... He lost his role to, like, Tomori last year, and he never really regained it, but... I don't see why he wouldn't play every minute at Lazio all year, and that'll surely build his confidence back up. He loves the club, too. You guys will all recall that when he left Roma for, I think, Sampdoria or for Milan, he posted a picture in a Lazio shirt. So this felt inevitable for some time, and that's going to be another great narrative to follow. Lazio are providing us with many great narratives at the moment, you know, with Mussolini's great-grandson being on the team, and... Uh, so on, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a great little, it's a great little club that is a microcosm of Italian society in many ways. It's right in the middle of the country, you know, very politically involved in a lot of ways. The fans are not necessarily in positive ways, like they're getting involved in their local writings, um, elections or like mayoral campaigns or they're trying to make their communities better not like that like they're more focused on uh you know bringing about the new italian empire but you know still they have principles of some kind and that's to be admired i suppose that is to be admired uh kalidu kulibali speaking of clubs run by crazy old Men, Kalidu Koulibaly is getting played. He's getting big-brained by Aurelio De Laurentiis, who apparently offered him a new contract so that when he refuses it now to go elsewhere, De Laurentiis can actually come out and paint him as the bad guy. I've never seen a, an executive in sport, really, who's probably better at manipulating the narrative and throwing his own players under the bus if they ever decide to not play for his team anymore it is a skill which i will never cease to admire 
Aurelio de la Lentis is the best at playing that game. He will offer you a contract that he hopes you refuse. And if you take it, fuck you. You're stuck here, motherfucker. It's not as much money as you can get elsewhere. But hey, it's what I'm comfortable paying you. I made you an offer. And they'll always make it public too. They made the offer public so that when he refuses it, you have a bunch of angry Neapolitans who come out and say, you refused 6 million fucking euro a year. You know, I make fucking, I make 4,000 euro a month. You know, you know, yeah, that wasn't very good. Not Woman merda is not very good. Not you really got to fucking, you got to morph everything together. Woman merda. Woman merda. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. What's he going to do? That's going to be, that's going to be a, a real soap opera. I think a real Southern Italian soap opera. And I'd love to see him go to Juventus, not just because I'm a Juve fan, and I'm not convinced that we're going to keep Matthijs de Ligt because Chelsea are signing everyone under the sun, under new management, under new ownership. They have shed the Russian oligarch, I believe that is, Roman Abramovich, and they have brought in another rich motherfucker who wants to burn cash, and I'm convinced that the Ligt is going to be gone in the next six months. So I would love to see Koulibaly at Juve, but it's not just for that. It's also to see people lose their minds because it's entertaining to me, just like it was entertaining for me to see fans of the weekend be heartbroken that they couldn't go to his show and say, love you, Abel. Like, uh, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't, but it gave me some kind of joy. I don't understand why, but I like seeing human suffering. Um, when it's um, Western privileged people i like seeing people that live a very cushy life uh struggling and suffering and getting upset and whining and crying and it makes me laugh because these are all people that uh can afford to pay absorbent amounts of money to go see an artist perform and that all probably uh, have jobs and most of them go to school and maybe some of them don't have jobs and they're grifters but that's not the point the point is they live in absolute luxury they live in the lap of luxury they say they're in the fucking hood or they're struggling out in scarborough ontario but they have drinkable water you know and that's big a lot of people don't so i like seeing people like that suffer just a little bit sometimes you know i mean the show wasn't canceled they didn't get robbed of their money you know they weren't the victim of a bernie madoff scheme or something these people didn't have a ponzi scheme crumble on top of them they're just gonna have to rearrange their schedule when the show gets postponed that's all you know what I mean? I like seeing a corporation fail people. I just do. There's something about it that is enjoyable. The Twitter outrage is fun. And I hope that something very similar happens when Koulibaly leaves Napoli. He might go to Chelsea, actually. We might keep Delict at Juve. That wouldn't be a bad... I mean, I guess it's, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4 in either case, right? It fucking comes out to the same thing. You wind up with one of the two defenders and one of the two defenders winds up at Chelsea. Either way, it looks like Napoli are going to lose him. He's going to turn his back on that city. They called him a Napoletano. He kind of has a Napoletan accent when he speaks Italian, which is kind of cute and endearing. And he's going to leave them and he's going to leave a large offer on the table, it looks like. Um, so, yeah, what a difference a week changes. It's crazy. When I open my eyes and look outside of Juve Twitter, you notice that Juve are really not that fucking serious about a lot of the shit that you read about because there are other big players that want to sign players. It looks like Chelsea are going to win the Koulibaly sweepstakes. Uh, Tony Sirico has passed away. 
also known as Pauli Walnuts, Pauli Gualtieri from The Sopranos. What a character he played. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit here, okay? And, and look, I get it. A couple of weeks ago, I said RIP Ray Liotta. That, well, he was the first of a few flies to drop, so it felt topical. It felt appropriate. He played a character in a movie, which... I enjoyed, which a lot of you guys probably enjoyed, which I watched growing up like many of you guys did. And then it got a little old because now, okay, are we really still going to do this? Sonny, you know, James Caan, who plays Sonny in The Godfather, passed away. Tony Sirico passed away from The Sopranos. It's getting a little old now. You know what I mean? I'm not, what are you going to do? Every time someone passes away, I'm going to share like an anecdote about them or I'm going to do a tribute on the podcast. Like, it sucks, whatever. Now, listen. I get that it feels like Polly died. Polly's a character, okay? A man died, and that's unfortunate. A 79-year-old man passed away. That sucks, you know? Um, and I get it, you know? I can, I can intellectualize the concept of, of feeling a sense of loss when a character is played by somebody who just passed away. You know, we feel like those characters have died with us. I get it. I can empathize with people who feel that way. It's sad for me too because it reminded me of how much I loved Paulie the character. It is funny to see half a New Jersey post about uh, how Paulie's dead though. You know, I love that. Just rip Paulie. It's like, I mean, his name wasn't Paulie, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, like Paulie was a fictional character on a show. Rip Paulie. Paulie's dead. You know, days after James Caan passed away. The guy who played Sonny in The Godfather. And everyone's losing their mind. People are very sad because James Caan passed away. He played Sonny in The Godfather. People are fucking losing their minds. Sonny's dead. It's like Sonny died on the causeway 50 years ago when he got shot 478 times in The Godfather before getting shot 73 more times. When he was already dead on the pavement before getting kicked in the face. I mean, Sonny's been dead, to be fair. You're supposed to shed a tear when you watch The Godfather the first time. And Vito gets the news. Maybe every few times you watch the movie, it hits you a little harder. But can we stop saying that Sonny's dead like he just died? Sonny's been dead. Sonny died in 1945, okay? In a fictional world that was created on a movie set 50 years ago. All right. Sonny died in 1970 when they shot The Godfather. James Caan, who nobody knew, just died. That sucks. None of you know him. It's not like James Cam was going about his life fucking beating up his brother-in-law and fucking people up against the doorframe at his sister's wedding. He wasn't a savage like that. I mean, if he was, I'd respect the hell out of him a lot more, actually. But, <laughs> bro, Sonny's dead. Paulie's dead. You know, here's what kills me. When Ray Liotta died, people were mad that I don't know, they, they were mad that Ray Liotta died, but not because they listened to Ray Liotta on his podcast or because they listened to him in interviews and shit or because they knew him personally and they fucking were on the phone with the guy. Nobody really heard from Ray Liotta over the past 30 years. You only see him in roles he played and the only role that really marked his career was that in Goodfellas. And people don't even call him by his character's name. People don't say Henry Hill died. Because Henry Hill was a real guy. Henry Hill was a real gangster. You want to know what's really fucked up? Henry Hill, the real Henry Hill, died a few years ago after he had long left witness protection. I think he was a petty criminal. He was a degenerate. His daughter hated him. 
And when the actual Henry Hill died, the guy who we all empathize with in the movie, when the real guy died, there was no sadness whatsoever because nobody knew him. People only knew this version of him played by Ray Liotta. So when Ray Liotta passed away, I actually found myself doing this too and I was feeling nostalgic about it. I was just thinking of him in the movie. I wasn't even thinking of the role, the person he played. You know what I mean? Because he played a real character. Nobody was like, oh, Henry died. You know, and they had to be corrected. Actually, Henry died five years ago. People didn't even give a shit about Henry. I have a theory about that, by the way. It's because he didn't have an Italian name, right? It was Pauly, right? It's Pauly, Pauly Walnuts, Pauly Gualtieri, the Italian guy from fucking The Sopranos. Everyone feels bad. Oh, shit. Because Henry Hill was a real-life, half-Irish, half-Italian guy who didn't have an Italian name, people don't care about him as much. People only care about the character uh, that was Henry Hill, the characterization of him, played by Ray Liotta. So when Ray Liotta died, they felt that the character died, even though the character is a real guy who's a piece of shit in real life who has long died that nobody cared about at the time. I mean, that killed me. It's, we, are so, we are so stupid. These fallacies that we operate under, you, you know, operate with, that we fucking, it, it's, it's, it's insane. It is insane that we see that an actor dies and we're sad that a character died. A real person has died and we can't even give him a tip of the hat and say, respect, you know what I mean? It's not like Tony Sirico did a ton of media, you know? Look, if you went to Sopranos Con and you met him there, it's a little bit weird, but I, I tip, tip you, you know, I get it. All right, fine. You went to Sopranos Con. I understand it. Whatever. You like the show. You went there. You met him. Cool. Most people just think fucking Paulie died, you know? And they're like, Looking back at Paulie's best bits, his best fucking moments from the show, Rip Paulie. There's not been a single compilation of Tony Sirico's best interviews or actual moments that he, the real man, had. None of it. It's all here are the best moments from the show involving Paulie. Here's him talking about the Czechoslovakians that this. Fucking interior decorator killed uh, in the Pine Barrens episode. That's how we're remembering Tony Sirico by some shit that a retarded character who didn't even know what Chechnya was said. We're holding him to the standard of Polly and everything he ever said. It's 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 very amusing. It's very strange, and yet I get it because I'm sad that Polly died too. I understand. I get it. I do. Um, we are gonna switch things up a little bit here. This is gonna be a little bit different. We actually have a cool little segment coming up here. A listener is gonna call in. We've got um, something lined up here because last week on Instagram, I reached out to all of you guys um, in a story and I said, share the latest episode of the pod. And if you do, I'll pick one of you randomly and you guys will get to call into the show. So looking forward to doing that. Uh, very shortly, that'll be a lot of fun. This is a little bit of a bonus episode for you guys this week, right? I guess kind of a little bit out of nowhere. You you guys probably weren't expecting this a few days after the last one dropped, but here we are. So we'll do something a little bit different. It'll be a good change of pace. I'm really excited about that. We'll see how long we go for. Um, what else, man? I was at my uncle's house on the weekend, man, and um, it was his birthday. It was his 54th birthday, a very random birthday to celebrate. You know what I mean? It's not like it's an interval of five. I thought it was his 55th birthday when we were going. And I learned it was his 54th and I found it a little bit uh, strange, but I was like, hey, what the fuck? You know, something to celebrate. Why not? 
And uh, I really fucked up because I got a text from a cousin of mine last week. And I basically ended off the text conversation by saying, all right, cool. See you next week. She goes, what's next week? And I go, what do you mean? What's next week? We're going to Uncle Frankie's. And she just didn't answer. Apparently, she didn't get invited. (laughs) And I fucking, and I fucking, (laughs) and there's no beef. It's not like that. But she lives, she doesn't live with uh, her mother anymore. So I think my uncle just invited his brother and his sister, my father and my aunt. And uh, because I happen to still live at home with my father, my dad was like, we're going to Uncle Frankie's. You want to come? I said, yes. But apparently the invite wasn't extended to everyone. I don't know why. There was no malice intended, but I, I really fucked that one up, didn't I? I really fucking put them in a tough spot. Uh, and I really put my foot in my mouth a few times this night. I mean, this was, this was a fucking interesting evening. Let me tell you. I really fucked up. I, I mean, you ever, you ever just fucking start speaking and... Your mouth is going, but your brain is telling you, where are you going with this? You should probably not be saying this right now. Oh my God, get out, back out, get the fuck out of this, get the fuck out of this comment or this phrase, this sentence that you're about to drop. Just, it's, it's a bad idea, but you can't just stop talking. You can't just like literally bite your tongue. You know, people would think you're short circuiting or something, right? Hey, I just wanted to, like, that would be weird, right? You kind of have to follow through with it. So that happened to me the other day. That happened to me the other day. My uncle, it has to be said, I love him. God bless him. He's a great guy. He's not a beacon of health. He's just not. He's not a beacon of health. Now, I made a silly comment that my dad was not impressed by. At one point, we all were sitting around the table, and I kind of raised the glass and said, hey, see, here's, uh, here's to you going 54 years without having had a heart attack. Here, here. And my dad kind of, and my uncle laughed. He laughed. But my father turned to me and he goes, Sam. And he fucking, he gave me a look. Like my aunt too. They both fucking gave me a terrible look. And uh, I kind of looked around like, what, what the fuck? What, what's, what's wrong? And uh, I swear to God, after I said it, my uncle's laughing. He lights a cigarette. He fucking lit a cigarette right after I said it. So I was like, come on, you guys are seeing this, right? This is kind of fucking poetic. Hey, see, Al Goody, great job. You know, let's celebrate you going 54 years without having had a heart attack, you know, or something like that. Something to that effect. And as soon as I said it, Lights a cigarette. My dad grills me. My dad fucking says, Sam. I turn to one fucking side. I look at him and I go, I shrug. And I look back the other way. My uncle's lighting a fucking Belmont cigarette. (laughs) And now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, That's not what I was going to say. That's not what I was going to say initially. I mean, like I, what I was going to say was, hey, you know, like 54 is a random year, right? 54 is a very random year to be celebrating. And look, I get it. We haven't been doing a whole lot the last couple of years because of COVID. So any chance you have to celebrate, fuck it, right? And I apologized to my uncle after I said, listen, that's not what I meant. But I explained to him what it was that I was trying to say, what I was going for. And I'm going to explain that to you guys right here. What I was going to say initially was, you know, here's to you going 54 years without kicking the bucket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all right, you're here. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. 54 years of life, you know, still alive. Let's go alive and well. Uh, now, my uncle had a niece and nephew there through my aunt. So my aunt through marriage. So my cousin's cousins, who I'm not related to, are there. Now, these kids both lost their father two years ago. He was sick and died. So immediately, as I started saying this, I was like, that's a bad... Th- don't say cheers to you going 54 years without... Or cheers to you making it this far without kicking the bucket. 
because they're going to feel bad. And I'm going to remind them about the fact that their father did kick the bucket. So I pivoted last minute and I just said the first thing that came into my mind. And I was like, I'll go uber specific. I'll just say, uh, heart attack. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You haven't had a heart attack. Oh, good, well, let's go. I'll drink to that. And um, that's it. But, but, but it, it was too late, right? The damage was already done. And at one point, I kind of, so I kind of turned to my father a few minutes after and I go, pa, really? Like, 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 like come on. Are we all that sensitive? Or we're just joking around here. And he goes, your dad ever do this, man? When your dad's pissed off, but he doesn't want to make a scene and he's kind of biting his tongue. He goes, eat your food. Like he almost whispered it. You know what I mean? He goes, I go, pop, what the fuck? Come on. Was, was it that bad? And I knew it was that bad, right? I knew it was that fucking bad because, uh, because, because it's true. You know what I mean? He's not my best friend, right? So it's my overweight uncle who's smoking cigarettes. It's a bit of a t touchy subject, let's say, you know? But I was also kind of defensive because I was like, fuck, what the fuck? I was getting, I got called my pants down. I was going to say the wrong thing, but I don't want to fucking justify the reason out loud, right? I got to wait for these people to leave eventually in a few hours before I could say, hey, to my uncle, sorry, man. I was, I was going there with this and I fucking had to pivot, you know, whatever. I had to, I couldn't say that. So sorry, I, you know, he's fucking, I, 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 uh, I got, I got caught with my pants down and I didn't really know where to go with it. So I just said the first thing that came to mind, but I turned to my dad and at one point I go, come on, was, really? Was it that bad? And he goes, he goes, eat your food, eat your food. He didn't say, he didn't say anything else. He didn't swear. He didn't, he didn't tell me to shut up. He didn't yell. He just goes, eat your food. As soon as, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, fuck, he's pissed. He's fucking pissed. He disapproves. Greatly, but I was a little, I was a little annoyed by that. I was like, well, are we really that sensitive here? You know, are we all really that sensitive? Someone at the party was telling a story about someone who she called a transvestite. It's not like we're all being fucking politically correct here. Uh, you know what I mean? Somebody literally said, what is, 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 is he a transvestite? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, you know, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, is this, is this fucking real? I'm getting in trouble for making a joke. It's, it's not like we're being that fucking diplomatic here. You know what I mean? It's not like we're being that diplomatic. There's Haitian guys in, in the yard over next door fucking grilling ribs on the barbecue, celebrating the opening of a basement barbershop next door, blasting Caribbean music. Like, it's, it's not like we're fucking dining with the queen here. We got to watch what we say. You guys ever do that with your family? You kind of let it fly a little bit more and you get in trouble. Oh, man, that was, I, I fucking, I really, I really got in trouble for that one, man. But, uh, you know, it's the price you pay. You go for it sometimes, you go big, and sometimes it bombs, you know? But, um, no, like, and you know, here's the thing. I still don't regret it because it's still fucking infinitely better than saying something that, I would never fucking live down if I had fucking said that thing about, hey, you know, good for you. We're happy you never, we're happy you haven't kicked the bucket. You know, more life, whatever. There's no way I would have ever been able to fucking look at those two kids the same ever again. You know what I mean? Got a wedding coming up. I'm going to fucking see them in a year's time and they're still going to remember that one thing I said. You motherfucker. You fucking reminded us about the shit that we've been through. Yeah, I, I mean, just, and, and, and I said to my father, you know, I really relate to Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, like Larry David is a very relatable character. He said, Larry David's a piece of shit. You don't want to relate to him. And it made me realize that I'm just such a fucking, <laughs> I'm such a fucking idiot because I do relate to Larry David so closely. I mean, like, like he and I feel like the same guy at times. And I get that a lot of you people that watch Curb and Seinfeld think it's a relatable show. I put my foot in my mouth all the fucking time. And I've realized that it's not a good thing. I used to kind of find it funny. I, I'm yeah, I'm kind of like Larry. That's not a good thing. It's not something I should hang my hat on. <laughs> and yet I do. And my father pointed it out to me. He's like, Larry's a horrible person. <laughs> it's 
Oh, man. Oh, that was funny. It was one of those days when you just can't put a fucking foot right. You know what I mean? You just can't put a word right. Oh, man. We ran a little sweepstake on Instagram last week where I asked you all to share the latest episode of the podcast to your story, which, by the way, feel free to do anytime you enjoy a podcast. Uh, But a number of you guys did, and I said that one lucky listener would get to call into the show, and we have a winner. We're going to give him a call right now. Let's give Mike Leon Cavallo out in San Francisco a call. The winner of the sweepstake last week. Let's see what he's got to say. Let's check in. Let's get a little gauge check on what the listener what the typical listener is like, what he sounds like, if he's as much of a fucking sicko as I am. Mike, are you there? I'm here. How's it going, buddy? A posto, a posto. Talk to me, man. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm well. I'm well, man. So you're out in uh, you're out in San Francisco, yes? I'm in San Francisco. I live in the uh, the North Beach district. It's basically the little Italy of San Francisco. Or as I like to call it, Italian Disneyland, because it's just fake Italians, so-so Italian food, but you know what? It makes me feel like I'm somewhat in Italy somewhere. Really? So, so San Francisco yeah. has a little Italy, because we discussed this on the pod last week, how little Italy's yeah. as a concept are strange. I can only imagine that the San Francisco little Italy is... Incredibly strange. By the way, we're just jumping right into this. You and I have never actually spoken before. The, the mic was hot when I gave you a call, but that's just how we roll, Matt. Like, like this is going right onto the pod. It's, yeah. I mean, it's great to have you on. Thanks for your for your participation and for listening. Dude, but we're getting right into this here. Thank you for having me. So, so, so Italians in San Francisco. Are, are you originally from San Fran? Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Francisco. Uh, I, I, was, I grew up in a, an area called Twin Peaks, Noe Valley. Um, it's not, it's kind of like in the middle of the city. Um, but yeah, Italians and that stuff, there's, there's not like a, an Italian, like herd, you know, not like New York or Montreal or maybe Toronto. Uh, we're kind of more like spread out. Um, but we do have a little Italy and it's kind of where all these Italians that live, you know, in the suburbs, they kind of like drive here on the, on the weekends and kind of like want to feel like they're living in Italy again or at all. Um, but yeah, man, little Italy, they're, they're strange, dude. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because I just thought that San Francisco, I mean, I haven't been for a period of time. I was last there maybe 11 years ago. I was, I was a child. I was 13 or 14 years old. But by all accounts, yeah. I just thought that San Francisco, like nobody was reproducing out there anymore. I thought everyone was a spinster. And uh, I, I'm, sho- I'm shocked that they're even allowed to have Italian cafes out there. Because it's a because it's a toxic Mediterranean uh, culture. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about the uh, dispenser thing. There's there's very little reproducing going on. Um, you know, the the rate of guys to girls is astonishingly high. So it's it's yeah, it's it's not good. Not like where you want to be if you're a guy, but if you're trying to just you know chill at an Italian cafe and you know just hang out for a little bit. Not the worst place, I guess. The weather kind of sucks, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Milan, but but you you know it's funny because yeah. um, you would think that with all the people out there in tech, 
And you know, let's let's keep your profession out of this. I don't know what you do. Uh, let's create a narrative here. Don't even bother correcting me. Mike, who works in tech out in San Francisco, is calling in, and you're bereft of ideas of how to get women. I don't even know if you're married in a relationship. We're not even going to bring your personal relationships into this. Let's just create a narrative here that you are bereft of ideas of how to get women out there because there's it's such a sausage fest out there, and the women that do exist in San Francisco are sort of like demi women. They're not even real. Like, like they, they don't want to be courted. You know, if you ask them out on a date, they'd probably get offended and be like, what are you asking me out for? I'm empowered. You know, I'm going to ask yeah. you, out. I'll decide when we get married. I don't even, I don't even want children. So it, it must be hell. It must be hell out there. Are there any good Italian women out there? No, like Italian women, there's, there's a, a handful and like, my girlfriend in high school, she was Italian. She was Calabrese. Um, she was. But like that, it, you know? Yeah, that's like a unicorn out yeah. there. Your mom must have lost oh, her yeah. mind. Are both, are both, are both parents yeah. Italian or is it, is it your father? I, I could tell from me that there's Italian lineage on your father's side, but... Um, yeah, yeah. So my dad, he's, he's born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. He still lives out there with his fiance. Okay. So it's, you know, all my, my Italian family side is in New York. My mom's from Texas. She's Polish. So I'm, I'm half Polak, half Guinea. So okay. that's, that's what I'm working with. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's easier to say I'm Italian just because of the last name. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So dad's yeah. from Brooklyn. Cause I, uh, Mike, like, like, I know you could talk about like little Italy's that exist in San Francisco, but let's be honest. Like, it's not like it's a place that's known as a hotbed for Italian culture. I was a little confused as to how you even got out there. So, okay. So dad's from Brooklyn. I understand. So you have a little bit of the Northeast yeah. scumbag wop in you. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a hundred no, years ago, you would have been off. like, I'm sorry. Sorry. I cut you off, but a hundred years ago, I mean, Mom is mom's got Polish lineage and dad's got Italian lineage. A yeah. hundred years ago, you would have been like a, a fourth class citizen in the United States. Yeah, yeah, they would have kicked me to the curb, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody wanted to hire you. I was saying last week we should bring those days back. It would be a lot more easy for yeah. like college applications if we could claim oppression as white people, but from from working class backgrounds from Europe. You know, that's the thing. When right. you're like a third generation immigrant or second generation immigrant, things become too good. We need a little bit of hardship to claim, yeah, life is tough. Life is tough. Look at us. We, we're, we're going through the fucking ringer over here. We need a little bit of, we need a little bit of uh, a sympathy, you know? We maybe get a sympathy card. That could be, that could be, that could be cool. It's a shame that we don't have that anymore. Yeah, man, not gonna lie, as a, a white male in America, I mean, that's as, probably as good as it's going to get, and I don't know if anyone has any sympathy for you. I don't know if it's like that in Canada, but in America, nah, you're not getting any sympathy out here. Yeah, I mean, in San Francisco, do you, do you, have, to, do you have to write on your forehead before you step out uh, in Sharpie, pig, on your forehead, white pig, or something like that, just to, yeah. just, I am ashamed, I am ashamed, you have to just, just write something defamatory about yourself across your forehead when you... Uh, yeah, but you leave. That, that white guilt that you know they try and ingrain in you if you're like from San Francisco and like stay here and like live around here. So it's but the funny thing is, dude, SF has a ton of transplants and they're all white and they all live in like the same few neighborhoods. So it is like a cluster of people who are in the same boat. Like, all right, yeah, we're you know we don't need to feel that bad, do we? Like, 
we're all just trying to have a good time here. Not trying to like step on anyone's toes or oppress anyone. Right. I'm just trying to pay, you know, eight dollars for a beer and get rejected by like six girls. Right. All right. Like, right. That's it. Normal shit. Yeah. 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 Normal shit. You know. Yeah. See, I wouldn't yeah. see if I go to San Francisco. I would love to get morphed into that category because it would just be so strange to me, you know? You, you, your fucking people yeah. are oppressors. My people were illiterate 150 years ago, you know? We weren't slave owners. We were, we were, we were, I mean, we were working the land ourselves. I don't know. I guess speak for, I'll speak for myself yeah. anyway, you know? It's, uh, it's, always, it's always fun. It's always fun to think of that, you know? We're not all created equal, yeah. you know? Um, Look, my mom's my family is from, from Texas and they're Polish. I don't really ask too many questions about the lineage there and what went on. I think we're good, but I'm not asking too many questions. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you a Giants fan or a Niners fan? What sports are you into? Dude. So, yeah, I'm, I mean... I love the Giants, I love the Niners, I love the Warriors. Okay. I follow the Sharks hockey team, and I follow uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, who's basically the, you know, the Bay Area soccer right, team. Right, 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 right. Um, the biggest one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the biggest one, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I feel like Bay Area sports in the last decade have been pretty good to us. Um, you know, Giants got three titles, the Warriors got four, the Niners make a few runs here and there at a Super Bowl, and then just fail tremendously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not bad being out here, you know? Well, what do we think about Jimmy Garoppolo? Because my grandfather came over to, well, one of my grandfathers came to North America in the 50s. So quite a while ago, quite a while ago. This is my mom's yeah. father. And uh, he was rather yeah. young. He was like, he was, I don't even think he was 18 years old yet. You know, I mean, he was 17, which was basically, you know, he was basically a fucking man back then. But uh, even, yeah. even, even still, he's in his 80s now. He's been here most of his life, right? He goes back to Italy but he grew up and worked here, right? Had a daughter here. Um, so um, he grew up kind of watching American sports, more so than he grew up watching soccer because there wasn't a lot of a culture of, I mean, he grew, I mean, he was kind of born right before the Second World War and there wasn't a ton of, I, don't, I think even sports when he would have been a kid would have been fucking just, just completely written off. I, don't, I, think, I don't even think it was a question of it being an afterthought. I think a lot of major leagues in Europe didn't even, have any competition there were no world cups in the 1940s uh so yeah. it, it, he didn't really grow up with the culture of soccer you know he kind of only watches it a little bit from afar you know what i mean from here so he grew up uh like or came into adulthood really watching american sports and he actually is a big san francisco giants fan a big san francisco 49ers fan and he's a chicago blackhawks fan so he likes hockey he likes baseball he likes football never got into basketball but it's just interesting. I always love speaking to people out in San Francisco because my grandfather loves two teams from there, right? The two probably biggest, most historic sport teams out there. So I kind of have a sweet spot yeah. for the city. And uh, so I don't know when my grandfather's going to see the Niners win a Super Bowl again. You know, he kind of fell in love with them during the Joe Montana era. Uh, what do we think about Jimmy G? What do we think about Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I was saying, I, I was saying a few months ago, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod, but like, he's not good. He's not good. He makes terrible decisions. But and I'm quoting Paul Verzi, who is another comic on on this. But he tweeted out once. He may not be a great quarterback, but boy, is that a good looking Italian kid. And that's about all he's got going on. You know what? Yeah, I, I bought a Jimmy G jersey half because it's got an Italian name on the back. No, you have half to because he's so goddamn good looking that if people saw me in that jersey, maybe they would think 
I sort of resemble him. Now, that's a long shot. But like a Pavlovian, uh, a Pavlovian link. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Exactly. Look, I'm, I'm in a couple group chats with some friends who are from SF, and we always talk about when we do with Jimmy, do we trade him? I always err on the side of keeping him, give him another shot. Like, he's, he's demonstrated he can play. Now, everyone says, oh, he makes terrible decisions, and he does. He does make bad decisions sometimes. But I think if, if he gets hot and he gets on the right, like, winning streak, there, there's a chance he could get us to the Super Bowl again and maybe win it. There's got- said, he's got to have all the, the, the key players around him, and the coaching's got to be right. I mean, here's the thing. It's either Jimmy Garoppolo or some guy named Trey Lance who went to South Dakota. Man, I don't... It's a toss-up there, so I, I, I just don't know. That, yeah, Trey Lance is not a good-looking Italian kid. That's the that's the thing. No, that's no. a wild card. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the, that's the wild card that kind of has to keep him in the mix at all times. I mean, it's yeah. It, yeah. I, are there pockets of Italian Americans throughout the U.S. that like the Niners? You would have to think so because of Joe Montana. I mean, surely it's good for the brand. You keep Jimmy G there, and you look past the shortcomings, yeah. and you say. We'll just we'll just load up on offense in other areas. So we'll we'll just we'll double. I, now listen, clearly I'm not an American football guy, but I don't I don't know the I don't know the ins and outs of the sport that closely. But I think just you know it, it, what you do is if if you're gonna take one step back with Jimmy G, just load up in areas where you could take three steps forward. You know what I mean? Just make up for it, but don't get rid of the good looking Italian kid. Keep him there. Keep him there. Lean into it. You know. Maybe have Sebastian Maniscalco come out and link up with him and do like some, do a show at, what's the stadium out there? Anyway, just, just, I don't know. Like have him come on and say, lean into it, you know? Have him come to the Little Italy in San Francisco and like do a podcast there or something. I don't know. Just lean into it. Create an angle. We don't get rid of good looking Italian yeah. kids. We embrace them for their horniness and the fact that they fuck porn stars. <laughs> Hey, that's Jimmy G's brand, all right? Going out with porn stars. That's why Stephen A, he was always calling him porn star Jimmy. I mean, he could be a porn star just on looks alone. He could win games on looks alone. But, I mean, you know, not many defenses are going to fall for that one, I don't think. I need to see this before I, know, I die. I need to see this before I die. I don't care how small Jimmy G's cock is. It could be the most bang average dick that has ever, that has ever graced the screens of porn. You need to create a deep fake, and we need to see someone that looks like Jimmy G with a porn star dick actually fucking. We need to see it. For the culture. Yeah, for Christ, we need to see that. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I need to see it, but if I came across it, well, if I came across it, if, I wouldn't be upset. Do you have any idea how many of the women that your father probably grew up with out in Brooklyn... That would stroke it to that. A deep fake of Jimmy G. Don't even tell them what a deep fake is. Don't even tell these middle-aged women what a deep fake is. Just put it out there and say nothing. Just put it out there and see what happens. It would take off. It would be plastered over Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. I mean, they, 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 should, they should put billboards up saying, you know, as you've never seen him before, Jimmy G. The good-looking Italian kid. You got to come up with like a nickname or something. You know, that's too long. The good-looking Italian kid is no yeah. good. I don't know. It's the, the stallion. The Italian stallion. G Jimmy, Jimmy Giant. 
Jimmy Giant. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy Giant. I like it. Yeah, there we go. Oh man. So what's uh what's the deal with you and Calcio? How you know how uh, how closely do you follow the sport? Do you follow Serie A kind of out of um out of like you know just just emotional reasons you know to, to kind of stay connected to the place where your father's from or did you kind of discover the podcast yeah. out of nowhere what, what's the story with you calcio and the pod and how you kind of got into it bud so i got into syria um kind of during the pandemic when you know i'm out of work there's nothing to watch on tv but you know syria games that i can get through the espn app so i'm like all right you know what like you know i, I had a juventus jersey when i was little I've been to Florence. I love that that city. Like, and uh, I want to, like, you know, kind of pick a team that I can get behind. I picked Lazio. So the three teams that I follow the most are Juventus, Fiorentina, and Lazio. Right. So you know, I would say like in the last two years is when I really started to like follow it a little bit more, see the transfers, see see who's scoring like the most goals. You know, Chiro Mobile is fucking killing it. Um, scoring thirty six goals. I think like twenty nineteen. Yes. 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 So I mean that. That was exciting. It got me into it. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm still following to this day, seeing like who's getting relegated and who's not. Um, sucks for, for Venezia after their just really shit fucking uniforms that, uh, that, that you talked about. It's a beautiful uniform, you know? It's everything else that I have a hard time with, you know? But um, I got a chip on my shoulder, man. I mean, you, you, cut, you come at me on Twitter, the guy, I mean, the, that's it. I'm bringing out the brass knuckles. You know what I mean? I'm fighting dirty. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I got you. That's cool. Lazio's a great team to support as a guy who's coming into it in adulthood, where you just need a horse in the race because it's a very yeah. it's a very good, authentic Italian club to follow. By that I mean there's a lot of chaos. The owner is insane. There's a not insignificant faction of the club uh, supporters that are fascist. You know, they're based out of the capital, but yeah. it's not like cosmopolitan Rome. It's a lot of like people that live out in the hills, right? Where, uh, where you know, where the Roman Empire might, where the Roman army might have had like, you know, a military base. It's a very good club to support for that reason. You know what I mean? Very, yeah. very, very also, good choice. Like, yeah, they're not ahead. Of, it's not like they're moving to the Yankees. You know, like they're not the top team, but they're in the middle of the pack. Like, you know, they could. They can make a run and, and kind of go take home uh, take home the cup. Here's but, why it's you know, a good. I'm not, I'm not front running. Here, yeah, here's why it's a good choice. If you if you're like decades into this, right, and you and you stick around and you you, you kind of develop because you know you if you follow a club or a team or anything, it, it, you you just kind of develop. Um like an emotional attachment to them. If they win something, it'll mean a lot more to you. If you see them win less, I could tell you this as a Juve fan: winning has felt a lot less important or, 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 or it's felt a lot less of a big deal for me anyway um yeah at times in the last decade like you know winning almost 10 straight scudetti i think toward eight or nine it was like well this was a given this was the bare minimum it doesn't feel as special anymore you know yeah. what i mean if we go 10 years without winning one and i witnessed them win one i think i'd get really into it again you know, failure is good. You want a club that's a little bit tragic. Again, it's a great call. Lazio's a great call for a neutral. I like yeah. it. How'd you get into the pod? Yeah. Dude, I, I was just searching um, just like soccer podcast. I wanted to learn more about Serie A. And, uh, I came across yours. And it's like, all right, counter podcast. You know, pretty self-explanatory, right? Straight, straight enough, and yeah. I read the description and it's like, you know, Sam Adamo, uh, you know, 
Montreal Womp. And I'm like, all right, let's give this guy a shot. Let's go. Let's, go. And, uh, <laughs> let's, go, let's see what he's got to say. Let's go. You know, he's got something to say. Let's, let's listen in. And uh, I listened to, I forget which episode, but it was, you know, maybe like uh, eight months ago when I started listening. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, what's funny is like, I, I, I love the pod and hearing your voice, you know how like you hear someone's voice before you actually see a picture of them? You kind of just like create an image of what you think they look like. Yes, yes, I've done that. And you see a picture of them in real life and you're like, wait, who, the, who is that guy? I had this image that you were like this, like overweight, kind of like unkempt, like, because, you know, when you said scumbag, I was like, oh, all right, I, I got the image in my head. You know, backwards baseball cap on in a white beater, you know, behind the mic. The gold chain. And then I saw your, uh, chain smoking. Your, your Instagram, I was like, I was like, yeah, chain smoking. I was like, wait, who's this guy? With the fucking perfectly trimmed beard, the eyebrows that are perfectly plucked. Like, is that the same guy? Oh, shit, I guess it is. Yeah, a lot of, you know, in American Psycho, the guy was very good looking and very well kept, Patrick Bateman. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a trait of sociopathic narcissists to, uh, to, 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 you know, pay a great deal of attention to their looks. So, but, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, that's actually funny to hear you say that because I always wondered what people thought I looked like. And it's hard because I don't, I don't interface with, I, the, saying the fans sounds pretentious, but like the listeners, I, I don't get to interface with them a ton, right? Yeah. Um, other than the fact that once in a while, some of them might just reach out and say, love the show. But, you know, this is actually, yeah. it's actually why I wanted to have a listener on. I thought it would be a fun little shoot the shit to kind of like get a bit of a, a get a bit of a, an idea of, of why you like the show. But but this is this is exactly what I was going for. It's really interesting to hear, <laughs> to hear what you thought I looked like yeah. because I, I actually, I actually understand it. Now that I think about it, especially if you started listening eight months ago when I slowly started to lose my mind. And it was right before I started posting clips and stuff. Uh, but yeah, like the old yeah. pod, I mean, man, I listened to old episodes with our with the old co-host, my old buddy who I used to pod with. And it was, it was completely different, right? Like I was in university. I thought I was going like a white collar path and I was much more reserved. Yeah. And, and when, when that veil just slowly kind of came off, I could see how... I could see how you might have gotten the wrong idea. You know what I mean? But I, I you know, I almost, I almost wish I had kept faceless because it would have been a lot more fun if people had just always kind of assume, assumed that I was some fucking fat scumbag who who just scarves subs every every week. You know what I mean? That'd, that'd be cool. But yeah. um, ah, no, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you, man. I actually picked you. I mean, I didn't fucking randomize it and just like roll a die. You know, I didn't draw draw names from a hat. I actually made a point of looking through the post and said who would be the right vibe. And I said it would be you because I thought this is perfect. The way that you shared the last episode of the pod to your story was the most chaotic, messy, male thing I've ever seen. Like my girlfriend, when she posts stuff, like is very deliberate. She'll like write in cursive over it. She makes sure it's aesthetically pleasing. And in your case, it was just like, Male chaos, here we go, press, press, here's the tag, the colors don't fucking match, don't care, you could barely even tell what it was you were sharing, because it was like a screenshot of the description of the show on Spotify, yeah. and, and I don't know if anybody even would have been able to find the show based on what you what you shared, and I was like, this is perfect, it's chaotic, I love it, I'm like 90% of my listenership is male, this is a perfect representation of who my listener is, let's go, Yeah. so thank you for that. I'm like, wait, I'm not really sure what I'm looking at. Let me let me look a little deeper. 
I just. I like yeah, I like that too. You said I'm a soccer guy now, so I figured I figured maybe I'd converted you. But I I especially like just the chaos of the post, and I said this is most yeah. of my listeners right here. I feel like a very small minority of my listeners could post anything that their girlfriend would sign off on. You know what I mean? I think I do a good job, but my girlfriend thinks that my like that my that my aesthetic taste—I don't know—she thinks it's chaotic. She thinks the, the pod studio looks like a bit of a mess. Uh, she thinks my posts look very male. So uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I liked I like what you had going on. What are they supposed to look like? You're a male posting. I I I don't know. I don't know. I like having a little female dude. The things that the things that are possible that you and I don't even realize are possible as stupid men. Is 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 mind blowing? Like my girlfriend and I once cleaned out my room a couple of years ago, and I thought we were just gonna, you know, get purge some of the shit that I had underneath underneath like my my dresser, dude. I mean, it, it was it was unbelievable. We fucking shifted stuff around. We feng shuied a little bit. It's they they have this they have this capability that we just don't, and that's to 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 understand shapes and and space and feel. And how to make something feel more comfortable and less chaotic, it's just a skill that they generally tend to have that we don't. Yeah. Yeah. They know how to create an aesthetic on Instagram. They're like, wait, no, let's shift the, the picture a little bit this way. You know, let me put it in portrait mode. Let me get it like this. They know exactly yeah, what it needs to look like. And to me, I'm just like, I don't care if it's black or white. Just post it. That's exactly yeah. what, And that's exactly why you find yourself... On the phone with me right now, Mike. Um, nah, nah, dude, it was great. It was great catching up with you, man. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you listening, man. And uh, I love you, man. I love all the listeners, but I, I love you for, uh, for for taking the time, bro. It is very, very kind of you to yeah, to make man. some time hey, out of your day. For, take some time uh, out of your day. On the pod. I, I can't wait to share it. Um, yeah, let's go. Yeah, just, it's gonna be fun to listen back to it and just cringe at the sound of my voice, you know, as everyone does. Um, but yeah, dude, I appreciate you having me on, man. Seriously, thank you. Top man. Let's go. Listeners, get at us on all platforms at Cultural Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the pod. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, please, on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out. And uh, keep commenting, liking all the reels and shit, TikToks. Apparently, it helps out with the algo. I don't really understand what the algorithm is, but all I know is the more interaction and shit I get, the better it is. So if you want to keep supporting the pod, just please keep doing so by showing love and by tuning in. So we'll catch you guys soon. Much love to you all. Until next time, enjoy the outro. Ci vediamo presto, alla prossima, ciao. La vita senza amore, dimmi tu che vita è. Oh, dove sei andata? Oh, mi sei mancata. Mi perdo dentro al taxi che mi porterà da te. Beh, lo stare a casa.